Hey, Bronwyn here, the voice of Alice Harlow. Want to own your own Station Arcadia merch? If you head on over to stationarcadia.com, you'll see a shiny new merchandise page where you can purchase buttons, face masks, hoodies, and more. Shipping is international and included in item prices for your convenience. Thanks and enjoy episode 4, The City of Sinclair. Welcome anyone, anywhere. You're listening to Station Arcadia. pretty quiet around here lately, so I think instead of chattering about nothing, let's just see if the station has anything to share. Good morning, Mrs. Emmeline. Well, hey there. Lavinia, the courier's here. Which courier? Oh, that new one, love. Come in for some lemonade, dear. We just made some. I'd love to, Mrs. Emmeline, but I'm on a tight schedule. Always working so hard. What do you got for us today? Your grandson again. He seems to enjoy sending you letters. Oh, yes. That's our William. Always a sweet one, isn't he, Vin? Oh, yes, but the current gives him a run for his money. Well, thank you, Miss Lavinia. I appreciate that. Of course, dear. Oh, Emmeline, that reminds me. Remember I was telling you to introduce them to that nice young man down the street? They'd get along with him. Oh, yeah. Courier, have you met him yet? Which one? Oh, the one that just moved in. A few houses down, see? Ah, poor thing. His parents passed away recently, and he's on his own now. Oh, well, I'm headed there now. I'm sure I'll get the chance to introduce myself. Oh, you should. Maxwell's a dear. I'm sure you'll like him, Courier. I sure hope so, but now I have to be off. Have a nice day, Mrs. and Mrs. Rose. You too, Courier. Make sure to say hello to that fella of yours you keep talking about. Ah, will do. Interesting. This one comes from Hardison, I think. Though I can't say I know much about the place. Judging by the stories the station has shown me, we may be able to learn a bit more. 
One day, Amelia Blackmore decided she was done. There wasn't anything special to it. No singular great event that sparked the decision. It was a day like any other. A day so much like every other monotonous, back-breaking workday that Amelia just couldn't stand. So, she skipped work. Now, skipping work in Hardison can be dangerous Hey Cass, Joe wanted me to tell you his pronoun calendar updated. I'm broadcasting. Oh, I know. Does anyone even listen to this? I... I don't know. How does this even work? What do you call it? Radio? Yes, radio. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen anything like it before. Well, nobody can listen to it if nobody knows how radio works. Hello? Hello? Zed? I'm trying to broadcast. Oh, I'm in here for a reason. Joe's pronoun calendar updated. Tuesday through Friday next week are now going to be he, him days. Joe wouldn't want you to disrupt the program to tell me that. He kind of sort of specifically told me not to bother you while you were broadcasting, or he might have specifically asked me to tell you before you started, but I have a duty to fulfill. What, a duty to be annoying? A duty to liven this place up. A solemn and important mission to spread joy throughout the halls of the station. A quest Zed. to- Hey Cass, what do you call your talking on the radio again? A broadcast? I think you mean a broadcast. Anyway, have fun with your recording. Where was I? Right, um, skipping work. Skipping work in Hardison can be dangerous. Amelia knows she's making a bad decision when she turns away from the path to her workplace and ducks into an alley. She looks at her pocket watch, reading 6.16 a.m. She thinks to herself that she just has to make it until 6. Just until 6 when her job lets out and she has had her day of freedom. And that's all she needs. One day. She goes to visit her family first. Her watch reads 6.49 a.m. when she knocks on the door and is greeted by her grandparents, who are too old to work in the factories. They are supported by the four other family members that live in their home. Amelia can't help but feel guilty about her visit. She helps support them too, and losing her job might mean a few missed meals for them. She sits at the kitchen table anyway, and has a proper breakfast as they discuss the new mail courier and Amelia's soon-to-be-born cousin. They don't like the new courier as much, and they ask Amelia's opinion on the names they have for the baby. In Amelia's family, it's traditional for grandparents to name their grandchildren. When she leaves, her pocket watch reads 9.32 a.m., and she pauses at the doorstep to figure out how much of the day is left. Amelia only made it halfway through first school before she dropped out to work, and math was never a strong suit of hers anyway. She gives up after a few minutes and starts walking. Hey, Marks. 
Hello, Oswald. Don't I have to sign something for this? Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose you do. Just sign here for me. This sort of thing can't be allowed, courier. I might have to speak with your manager. What if someone else picked up my package because you didn't have me sign for it? Signatures are very valuable, you know. Yes. Apologies. It won't happen again. It had better not. Have a good day, Oswald. <laughs> Shut up, fluffers. You know... Zed keeps saying we should get a dog here, but if this is what they're like, then that cord's too short. Maybe dogs are different in the Empire? No, sorry. <laughs> Off topic. Work at the factories is in full swing by the time Amelia leaves. She quickly pulls her scarf over her nose and mouth to shield her lungs from the smoke. Several of the people passing have nasty-sounding coughs. Her feet subconsciously start taking her to work, one of Sinclair's many canneries. As soon as Amelia realizes where she's going, she turns away from her current route and heads down the nearest side street, looking around the corner at the smokestacks of the cannery. They grow smaller behind her. She takes out her pocket watch with one shaking hand and checks the time. 10.03 a.m. She knows with absolute certainty that this was a terrible idea, but it's far too late to clock in now. She ran the risk of being demoted, which was possibly deadly, as it increased her likelihood of being killed in a factory accident, or worse, fired. The only thing to do now is make it through the day and hope they didn't notice. So Amelia turns and walks away, wandering without a direction in mind. Well, if it ain't Courier Marks. Hello, Darren. I've got a package for Mr. Mosley. Ah, yes. Do I need to sign for it? Yep, just right here. Why doesn't he come out to get his own mail? As much as I enjoy seeing you, I'd like to see the old man do some work for once. <laughs> Jebediah hasn't worked a day in his life. I'm the one getting paid to be here, so I get to mail. Are you getting paid well? <laughs> what do you think? Fair enough. <laughs> Seems like we're in the same boat. Here you are, Mr. Willis. Thank you, Courier. Have a good day. You too.
The city of Sinclair is split into three official districts, Uptown, Downtown, and the Canneries. There's also the slums, but the government does their best to hide it from the public. Everyone knows, though, and it's hard not to. Amelia works in the canneries, the district of factories and slaughterhouses. She lives downtown and walks almost two miles to work, six days a week, twelve hours a day. She dreams about canning fish every night, her fingers making the same repetitive motions even in her sleep. The smell of factories and slaughterhouses cling to Amelia as she hurries away from the canneries, back downtown. She just needs her one day of freedom until 6 p.m. Her watch grows heavy. Downtown Sinclair is packed with buildings, tall and shabby. She passes the stalls and shops that line the bottom floors of the buildings. They sell everything from food to crude prosthetics, medicine, and spare bits of clockwork. The air is smoky and smells of fish, full of people loudly going about their daily lives. Amelia passes one of the many fish sellers and waves to him. Amelia has been friends with Raj since she was a teenager. Raj is just one of the many people Amelia knows from downtown. They're people she buys from and has seen at least once a week since she was a little kid. The markets are crowded, filled with people shouting advertisements for their wares from stalls and carts and blankets. Amelia passes two fish sellers set up across from one another their voices climbing in volume in an attempt to draw attention to themselves. She passes a person in a dark coat, standing guard for someone selling illegal goods in an alley. Two ragged children run across the road in front of her, one of them holding a bundle of smoked fish. Long day? Usually is. Oh, I'm sure there was something good. Yeah. Uh, Emmeline and Lavinia say hello. Well, hello to them too. But, uh, that can't be all. Why do I feel like you're not telling me something? Because I wanted to see if you'd tell me first. He... Did he really complain? If you mean Oswald, then yes. He did. You're joking. I wish I was joking. Believe me, I do. Charlie, it's... I know. He's a horrible man. But he's on your route, and you know I can't change that. Unfortunately. Too bad being manager doesn't come with that perk. I'm tempted to just skip his house. You can't just... Maybe. I'll give one of the packages to that dog. Then he'll be mad at Fluffers. (laughs) You can't just skip his house. That's not how the system works. And cogs know you have to cave to the system. Look, I I know you don't like him, but we need you to have this route. I know, and we can't afford to lose the contacts, but it's just so annoying to deliver to him every day. No man needs that much mail. And what kind of person doesn't have the decency to be at least a little polite. Oswald, and I guess you're just going to have to deal with it. I guess so. 
So, about the complaint. He'll forget about it by tomorrow. Though, I guarantee he'll find something else to bother you about. Likely. Just try to be a bit more patient. If not for your job, for yourself. You don't need to let him ruin your day. You got it, boss. <laughs> Can it? You know I'm not qualified to be here. You are. It just didn't get you anywhere. You're lucky to have me. I guess I am. My parents are cooking a big family meal tonight. You're welcome to come if you're not too busy. I've got a lot of paperwork to catch up on tonight. I'm I'm sorry. It's fine, I understand, but uh, you can't avoid it forever. Hmm? You're going to have to come to dinner. Eventually. I want to. I, I do. I'm just... I'm busy. I know. Don't work yourself too hard, okay? Get some rest. Go home, courier. See you tomorrow, Charlie. It is 11.15 a.m. when Amelia passes into Uptown. The smoke is thinner here, and the houses are bigger and nicer with lush green gardens. She sees people taking walks and gardening. She sees kids playing, people who aren't at work, people who don't have to work. Amelia feels out of place among the fancy buildings and clean streets. Here, she doesn't see anyone scarred or missing limbs from factory accidents. She doesn't hear any of the racking, sharp coughs that come from the smoke and fumes of factory work. She passes two women wearing dresses that would each cost a year's worth of wages. Not that Amelia wears dresses. Too much flowing fabric could get caught in the machinery. The only worker she sees is a mail courier delivering a letter to a young man in a crisp, pressed suit. Even the courier looks more carefree than she's felt in months. Amelia tips her hat lower over her face to hide the burn scars across her nose and right cheek from an exploding can. She'd been lucky to keep her eye, the doctor had said. As she walks, Amelia can't shake the feeling she just doesn't belong. She takes out her pocket watch and holds it tightly in her hand, feeling it tick under her fingers. It is 12.06 p.m. when Amelia is stopped by the police and asked if she should be at work. She was never a good liar, and it is 12.25 p.m. when the door to her boss's office closes behind her. She closes her eyes tightly and waits for her sentence, expecting the word as it's spoken. Demotion. Well, there we are, folks. I was right. I did learn a few things about Hardison. Namely, that I'm glad I don't live there. And that being said, the show's not quite over. I think Arcadia has one more thing to share. I'm not sure why we've been following this mail courier, but I trust her to broadcast what needs to be heard. She hasn't let me down so far.
everyone. Canned peaches mocks. Not only are you back late, but where is that boy of yours? He's just my friend, Ma. I've told you. <laughs> but he had to work late tonight. He's not coming. You told me he'd be here tonight. I never said you that he- Put down and tell him that your mama wants him here for dinner within the next week. I tried to get him to come, but he's busy. You tell him that's no good excuse. Now, come in, I'll just... Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Stay safe, stay moving, and stick close. You've been listening to Station Arcadia. Arcadia is a podcast by Metal Steve Productions and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. It is produced by Eliana Esty and CVBM and directed by Toba Brantner. It is edited by Eliana Esty and J.R. Steele, with soundscaping by Becker Huang and music by Theo Goodwin. Today's episode was written by Quinn O.A. Feinberg, with scenes from Toba Brantner and J.R. Steele. It featured Jade Virginia as Cass, Tizzy Tresler as Zed, Carrie Lee Rose Howe as Canned Peaches Marks, Corey Repass as Charlie, Grace Lurcher as Emmeline, Josephine Bernson as Lavinia, Noel Miller as Oswald, Felix Kaiser as Darren, and Taylor Maimone as Mama Marks. Join us on Twitter and Tumblr, at Station Arcadia, for more content. Check out our website, stationarcadia.com, for a transcript of this episode, as well as information on the cast and crew. The pun for today is... not punny. Thanks, I'll be here all week.